Welcome to the Nitty Gritty, where we challenge conventional thinking. Join us as we explore real life, real people, real stories, and how pushing back can make all the difference. Welcome to the Nitty Gritty. We have Scott Warner here today. Hello. Scott, CEO of Gig, and a whole lot of other stuff going on right now that we'll get into today. But I think that's the easiest way to introduce you. And we are almost family, but not quite. Everyone thinks we're family. I don't know if you know that, but everyone always talks to me as if we're related. Uh, same thing for me. Because they know Cam and Trey, and they just assume everyone's always related. A lot of family here, togetherness. Yes. So. Yes. Well, it's good to be here. I'm so excited. This will be good. <laughs> I'm excited. We're going to get some the nitty-gritty details on what's happening Oh, it's going to get crazy. It's going to get crunk. Anytime Cameron and I are in the same room, it really... Uh, I know, I'm almost we digress. We digress to 13 years old at times, <laughs> sometimes even nine years old. So, Scott, I will say Scott brings it out of me because he laughs hardest at like inappropriate your things. Filth, your filth. <laughs> <laughs> and so, well, people know how it is. Like, people, that, right? Anytime you I mean, get we're with like your brothens from I back used to in the wet day, his bed, you know, when I was 14. Yeah, he did. He, he still does, doesn't <laughs> confess to it, but. A lot of sleepovers. But like, no, for real. My my dad talks about getting together with his buddies when he's golfing. You know, they're on their 60s and they digress right back to high school. Absolutely. Men don't grow up. Never. No. And they shouldn't. I agree. You've got to let it out because at home, you know, we're all under our wives' regimes. That's right. Right? Yeah. And so when we're together, we have to just let our hair down. That's that's correct. It's it's called life balance. So let us let our hair down. Yeah. Sorry, Andrew. So, Andrew, help us let our hair down. Let's I want to. I want to know where it all started. I met you back in the Pinnacle days, so that's the when days. I got to know Scott. The days. Back at the Pinnacle days. Yes. Knocking doors. How yes. did you first get introduced to Pinnacle? My good buddy Dave Brotherson talked me into doing this insanely stupid summer, uh, <laughs> you know, escape and <laughs> summer money, escape. The summer escape, and I was like, well, Dave went out and made like. I think he made like 40 grand in four months. And I'm like, if this fool can make it, I have a decent shot because he's how, Dave. How did you know Dave? Dave and I actually served an LDS mission together in Nashville, Tennessee. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we that's how we became buddies. It's I kind of a crazy story. Yeah. Hmm. We can go deeper into that, but yeah, that's how we met. And then how long were you at Pinnacle? 11 years. 11 glorious, <laughs> horrible, amazing <laughs> Great life life lessons, eleven years. Emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it was the, some of the greatest times of my life, for real. What's your favorite memory of it? Um, the summers are very hazy. <laughs> you have to have a short term memory for the summers. Um, no, I mean, there's a lot of memories that I have, but I think my my fondest memories are just the the good times with friends. Yeah, my brothers, my cousin Cam. Cam sucked at selling, but he had, he had some decent <laughs> he had some decent summers. Um, but no, just we learned a lot together. It, it's hard that that job is hard as hell. I don't care what anyone says. There is I I think there are very few things that can be tougher than that, and you learn a lot about yourself. So you guys both know this, right? Yep. Yes, I do. Well, I mean, and you led the way. All of your brothers did it. Yeah. Right. Still have a brother in it now. Actually, two brothers now. My I have another brother that's kind of dabbling in it a little bit while he's uh, going to nursing school. So. Oh, Danny went back. Yeah. Well, he's he's just kind of doing it as a side job right now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just while he's finishing yep. up school. Yep. Hmm. Cameron, why are you shaking your head, bro? Oh, poor child. Respect. Which part? Just Which part? him having to go back. I I try to. Th- I'm thinking right now, if 
I mean, you got to do what you got to do, but that oh, I would have the hardest time going back to doing that. I literally dry heave thinking about it. I'm not joking. Like if I think about it, you know, the smells of walking into the new uh, the apartments and I was just talking to Trey. I don't know what about Trey Warner. You know, my cousin Scott's brother, your brother-in-law. Yep, <laughs> we're family. Yeah. A lot of family. And so we were just talking about. I don't know how it came up, but it's just like there's something about people just not using their air conditioning in the summertime. I remember going to the houses in Chicago. It's like 90 degrees in their house, and they're frying fish. Oh, uh, yeah. And you just walk in. You're just like, this is what hell feels and smells like. Oh, yeah, dude. It's like you're walking into someone lifting <laughs> their arm. You're walking into their armpit, and you're taking a deep breath. <laughs> and you're, you know, and you're, you're rubbing gotta, your face in it. Yeah, you're just, yep. Right. You've got to maintain, you know, you got to be professional. You're trying to get a sale, so you're acting like nothing's wrong. And inside, you're just like, please get me out of here. Anyway. But really, like... Th- th- the greatest lessons are learned doing that job. Everyone, you know? everyone has to try it. I, I agree. Everyone has to try it. Yeah, I've got, I've actually got my younger or my my oldest son out knocking doors right now. Right this very second, he's thirteen. He's doing learning what? young. He's selling. He's going door to door, everyone, and he is painting addresses on the curb. I love it. You know, I mean, that's that's where we started, dude. I, like, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say that. Like, you talk about a serial entrepreneur. So, tell us a little about. What, your first two businesses as a kid, uh, the Snack Shack and Trey's Trash. Snack well, Shack, and, and then the the curbs and the curbs. Tell us about well, those a little bit. Well, the Snack Shack, Shack and Trey's Trash. Trey is my brother, and we just thought it was a perfect fit for a great creative name. <laughs> it's Trey's Trash. <laughs> but uh, how old were you? The Snack Shack started when I was like nine. We right. used to. Go and buy. My dad would go to Costco or whatever Sam's Club, and we'd buy a bunch of Smart and Final, can- Smart and Final, whatever yep. it was. Yeah, we'd buy a bunch of candy bars, and during the softball games, we'd set up shop and sell. That's so. Six years old, I had a snack shack. Literally had something built What's that up? said "snack shack" on the top of it. Yeah, lemonade that's stand so was funny. not enough for us, dude. No, we, you had no, to have candy. No. That's right. And get, that's right. He inspired. He inspired Snack Shack too. Around the corner of Myrtle, around the corner of Myrtle and Heil. <laughs> and I used to have like city workers stop by and be like, Hey, you got any beer? I'm like, um, I'm ten. <laughs> but I couldn't believe it. So yeah, I mean, he entrepreneurial spirit for sure. But I think spray painting curtains. So yeah, tell that was us a about big, that. So uh when we were in living in Huntington Beach, my dad, you know, we were just at home this one evening. I remember I was playing Sonic the Hedgehog with Trey. And we got a knock on the door, and I heard my dad answer, and it was a guy said that said, "Hey, we'd love to, you know, touch up your curb, you know, the address uh, on the curb." And my dad said, "Hmm, that's interesting." He goes, "I'll tell you what, I'll let you do it, and I'll pay you double if my two boys can come sit and watch you do it." So Trey and I went and sat one one on his left side and one on his right side, and we watched him do the whole thing, and that was the beginning of what we did. We and, and we did this all through high school. I even did right. it after I got home from my mission. Really? Yeah. And I mean, 10, 11 years old, and he was already knocking doors. I mean, we come home with 50 bucks. I mean, here's to give you an idea. Chase, last summer, and he's just getting back into it because the weather's been terrible out here, but you know, he was making two, 300 bucks a week, and he was 12. Was he really? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the beauty of it. You're going to teach your kids something. Teach them now. Teach them you know, how to negotiate and how to sell and how to become confident and how to communicate with people. There's no better opportunity for a kid than that. So how do you do that? I've thought about this a lot. A lot of times successful people have a really cool story and a lot of them 
is they didn't have a lot growing up. You know, they were forced to do things that, you know, just out of necessity, right? Yeah. Well, how now can you turn your kids? How do you give them that same motivation? Because your kids are growing up differently than you grew up. Totally. Right. Totally. And so how do you, how do you kind of teach them? How do you give them that fire when, yeah. when they, they don't necessarily go without, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to open up about an incredible frustration that I have. And this may offend some of our friends that are listening to this <laughs> because they're going to know that I'm talking to them. I, I find it fascinating how many of, you know, folks that I watch see just that just give their kids everything. I don't see their kids doing a dang thing to go out and earn what it is they have. And, you know, that that's easy to do, right? Or excuse me, you want to do that, right? Like right. you want to give your kids yeah. the best. And, and sometimes it's easy to not have to worry about teaching them the importance of work ethic because it's a battle trying to get my kids butts out of the door to go and, you know, knock people's doors to, you know, paint their curb. You have to battle at times with these kids, right? And that's not easy. So then it just becomes easy to, what do you want? Yeah, I'll get it for you. You want a new gun on freaking whatever it's called, uh, Fortnite? You just, <laughs> here you go, you know? Fortnite. Right. It's like the, a cuss word to me. You know, uh, I want a new gun on Fortnite, Dad. Good. We'll get your butt out there and go make some money. I'll buy it for you, right? Amen. And and that's that's a choice that you make as a parent. There's there's always going to be opportunities to teach your kids how to go and make money. You have to make the decision and be committed as a parent to wanting to teach them. Because if you get lazy, and I'm seeing a lot of parents get lazy, you know, that's an easy way. You got to be tough enough and dedicated enough to get in your kids' butts out to to go make money. This this is for both boys and girls. Teach them the way. Teach them hard work. And I, I think there is a lot of there are a lot of parents that are not focused on teaching their kids work ethic, and they will suffer. Well, and you know, to your point, it's not that hard to do. I mean, you don't realize what it's different when you grow up. And I remember when my parents divorced, and all of a sudden, no more money. Right. And yeah. I had to go out and earn it myself. But even in a more comfortable environment, you know, like your kids have, like my kids have, like your kids have, like where it would be easy just to say like, oh, you need a new baseball mitt? Here you go. It's not that hard to say, you know, like my kids wanted a Cars video game the other day. Sorry about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is your fault. Yeah. Jeez. Seriously. It's Andrew. better than Fortnite. <laughs> Gosh, as long as I can keep Fortnite out of the house, we're, we're okay. But. I just remember saying like, okay, it's 35 bucks. You guys split it, figure it out. And so, and they were totally down for it. So it's, you know, you teach them the value of money. You, you make them realize that, hey, I've got to make money. And if I do that, I can get things that I want. Whole reason I have two 200 pound dogs is just so they can poop all over the yard. There and you go. they can clean it up. And, and here's another idea. <laughs> like it, it's a collaborative effort. You know, go talk to your neighbors right. and, and try and find something that they may need. While you, you know, you have stuff at your house, because I, I think it's important to teach the kids that, hey, living under the roof, you know, of your own home, there's chores and, you know, we all right. work as a family and a team, though, you know, picking up the poop, you know, do, do you pay them for that? That's that's your choice. But there's something really, really helpful in or, or good for the kid to go over to your neighbor's house to do work for them and then maybe have their kids come and do work for you. So they learn that they have to go out and make it happen. And there's not this expectation, right? Like, yes, the kids do the dishes, 
they're going to think that you're supposed to pay them yeah. because you pay them for things that they do around the house. Whereas, you know, if the Jones down the street need, you know, their trash taken out or their lawn mowed, they get paid for that. But in, under your roof, that's part of the deal living yeah. in there under their, your home, you know, in your home. So did your dad instill that in you growing up or do you feel like it just kind of has come natural to you? I think it came natural. I, I have always loved you know, I baseball cards, man. I remember trading baseball cards. I remember Pogs. Yes. I think Pogs were big in Southern California. They were. Was, they were big everywhere. They, they, they were, were really. Big here. I remember there was Pogs. just a big article on Pogs. Like they tried I to make saw, a comeback a couple years ago. Right. They, they need to try I harder. Because I saw it on Twitter just like two days ago, where it says, "If you still have these Pogs, here's what they're worth." And it was like the top fifty. Oh man! Like I couldn't believe the how big, big those slammers got. and the big twos. Yeah, you'd yeah carry, man. man, those were so fun. And and you know that those those were ways to you, you teach negotiation through base car, baseball cards. I mean, that was my currency as a kid. Uh huh. And so you learn how to negotiate with your little buddies, and dad helps you, kind of walks you through it. Make sure if you're trading with your brothers, you're not jipping the younger one that's dumb. <laughs> you know, I kind of did that to Danny, my little brother, a little bit. But you know, that's the, that's the benefit of being the oldest, I guess. But uh, yes, I think you know. We didn't know any different, any any differently. Like we we were expected to get out there. I paid for lunches, I paid for gas, paid for all my clothes, you know, uh, in high school, and I didn't know any different. And you know, I, I've talked openly about this. There were some things that that went down um, with with my my dad, our my parents, an investment that went south, and it really really put us in a financial bind. My parents look back and and consider it one of the greatest blessings ever. As hard as it was, yeah. Uh, that that it forced all of us boys and my little sister to 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 learn work and you know it happened when I was like eleven or twelve years old um, maybe even ten but but that was the moment that dad and mom said hey you guys gotta go you guys gotta go hustle figure it out and make some money because if you want to go do fun stuff or you want this or that you gotta you gotta go get it and so uh, it just it just happened that way and I think because uh, it happened that way. We, we understood, we understood work ethic and we're always looking for ways, you know, to be an entrepreneur as a kid, like Cam was saying, you know? So, yeah. So you're at pinnacle now you've had this, obviously this entrepreneur background. Mm -hmm. Did you ever expect or think you were going to be there as long as you were like when you got into it, did you, could you see more than a summer ahead of you? I saw about three summers in, I was like, Oh, we got something here. I, I'll never forget when we, we went to Nashville to receive the reward for the top dealer for ADT. Mm -hmm. And people were looking at us like, who in the heck are these little chumps up there just destroying our records, selling way more than we do? That's when I really knew we had something. And that's when I think we all kind of kicked it into high gear and went after it. And, you know, the rest is history, right? Yeah. You guys know, you know the whole story, but about three years in, I realized we had something real okay. and people weren't saying, when are you going to get a real job as much? I mean, I heard that all the way until I, I left right now. Who's talking right? Like now, now who's saying stuff like that? It's not happening as much. It's, it's the real, it's the real deal. You know, when did you know that you weren't like, like, when did you know that it was time to go? Uh, I, I, I just had this feeling one day, I call it an, an impression that I was to, to make a move and I did. What was the move after Pinnacle? To start this crazy company that, um, that I became, that I'm doing today called Gig. And uh, 
yeah, just, just, it's time for you to move on and step into another field. And it was a field that I've been passionate about. And so that's, so you let, I didn't know that. So you went straight from pinnacle to now it wasn't gig when you first started it, right? Uh, no, uh, it was, so here's the, the, the story I'd invested in a company, um, that my buddies did called top blip. It was uh, Sean and Justin Bingham's company. And I, I've always had a passion for music. That's okay. actually why gig even started in the first place. Um, but, uh, the top blip thing was a fun little piece of it. The truth is, is I don't even use any of the stuff that, that we did early on, but I loved Sean and uh, Sean and Justin's idea around this music concept. And that's where I wanted to go with things. And so I thought it was a, a great thing to invest in. But, um, uh, I, I officially launched gig in 2013 and Sean and Justin, you know, gracefully bowed out and they got a both got a really decent payday and uh then i was off to the races with with what gig you know is today so what is gig as it currently stands mm -hmm. what is gig it's a marketing machine it's it's a it's to me the most effective way to drive your brand there's no doubt about it and it's a social media approach uh and we create we, we created software to help you be more effective in social media and capitalize on opportunities that exist there. Okay. Has it evolved into what it is now or has it always been this and it's just kind of slowly gotten better or has there been a turn or a complete change along the path? We've pivoted 4,762,582 times. <laughs> Uh, but, but no, that the truth is, is the heart of it has never changed. It's just the, it's just, there's constant evolution. There's constant changes, um, in marketing and social media, especially, but social media is taking over. Um, it's a new form of communication. Uh, and I, I, it's imperative that businesses learn how to capitalize on it. I mean, Cam and I, Cam can speak to this. We reached 300 million people in 2018. I mean, if you think for a second about how that's even possible, you know, Cameron, when you say we reached 300 million people, what do you mean? 300 million people impressions, 300 million people were exposed to the Bam Bam's brand in 2018. And we track that through analytics and just want, the Bam Bam's brand. just, just one single restaurant. That's right. Just through social media. But, but both Cam and I, I mean, Cam's, Cam's a pro at aligning and connecting with people. That's, that's Cam and I talk about this all the time is, is I think that with the number of times that we've moved, um, the people that, that we've had chance, a chance to meet, uh, it's all who you, you've heard. It's all about who, you know, it's about your network. You know, it's used way too much. People talk about it way too much, but there is so much truth in it. And Cameron's a pro at aligning with people. He, he can find common ground with anybody I've told him it doesn't matter if it's some, you know, yeah, Cam, I'm, don't, on, don't please. inhale this Cam. <laughs> But, but an individual that can, can align with or find common ground with, you know, the valedictorian of Harvard, whatever, the, the smartest person in the world to some dude tatted head to toe, you know, in, in jail, right? That's, that's a special trait and Cameron possesses that. And so I always knew that the faster I could put Cameron in a position to be seen by people. Um, or align with influencers or the more influencers that Cameron could align with, which he has, this thing will go as long as the product is good. The same rules apply with any product in business. If you have a decent product and you have something that people like, how do you get this out 
to everyone and make everyone aware of it. And there is no more effective way than social media. And that is what gig is. Gig is a tool to help you capitalize on that very thing. So I suck at social media. Yes, you do, Andrew. So <laughs> how did you get into it? Um, you know, I, I think I've always been into it. I've always, Cam knows this about me. I, I love meeting people. Um, I love getting to know people. I think you can learn something from every person that you come in contact with. It doesn't matter who it is. They got something. They've, yeah. they've got some knowledge. See, and, and I agree with that 100%. I love it. I just don't know how to, how does that, how does that equate to social media? So, so that is again, what gig is, okay. we help you identify who you are. I, we, we have the strategy called the core five. There are five things that represent you to the core and you have to own that and be consistent with that and deliver that in social media. I can tell you cams core five, right? I have my core five, a business should have its core five and you have to message that appropriately through social media. Once you do that, remain consistent with that in social media, you start bringing them in and people start wanting to follow you because you've found common ground. Kind of like what I was talking about with Cameron, Cameron can find common ground with anyone because he knows how to relate and, and listening is so key. Um, as you're, you're, you're meeting someone or getting to know something, Cameron does that very well. I'm saying way too much good stuff about Cameron. Can you start? I really appreciate it. <laughs> he's just, he's just quiet. I'm just, just listening. taking it in. <laughs> well, I think this podcast is kind of hard because Scott and I, I mean, we're, we're cousins, right? But we are, we are brothers basically. I mean, he, he owns a part of the Bam Bams. Like he's my business partner. If it wasn't for Scott, Bam Bams doesn't show up. I mean, he funded it. But with the podcast, it's hard because it's kind of cool to hear you you know, I think that's why I'm kind of like trying to stay back a little bit because it's kind of I know all of this stuff, so I don't want to just say it. I I don't want to take away from the audience learning everything about him from somebody's perspective that doesn't know as much about Scott as I do. Yeah, and so it's kind of cool sitting back and listening to it, and and you know, from an outsider's perspective. So Cam tells the story of when he came and pitched you the idea of Bam Bams, and he basically walked out with the check. No, I didn't basically walk out with a check. I walked out with a check. So I want to know why. Like, what about that? Were you like, okay, this is going to be good? Well, I and think there's a lot more to the story than just that. In fact, I, I actually, my story may be a little bit different than what Cameron tells. Probably is. Let's hear it. it well, Cam, I, I saw what Cameron was doing, and I tasted what Cameron was cooking yeah and so he started doing all these tournaments um and winning them and i'm like cam like you got something and cameron if you remember you didn't know if you wanted to do this no i told that story i told that story in the last podcast i did with somebody that i went to your house and you basically he basically you know sold me on just getting the balls to do it because i was still kind of you know after my internship with john and austin i was like i could do it but it's still a really scary prospect. So, but I think the other thing that you have to remember about us is that we had been working together for years, nine or 10 years. Yeah. And so we worked together really well. He knew what kind of person I was. So investing, I, you know, worked together at Pinnacle. Is yeah. I worked under, I, I worked for Scott. Yeah. And so it's, you know, I think that all of that history probably played a role in, I'm yeah. sure Scott doesn't just write checks to people, right? No, I don't. Like, there's more there's well, more research that goes into it, but everyone has their opinion on doing business with family. Yeah. You know, so that obviously 
can be good or bad depending on how you look at it. You know, some of my really my most success, successful ventures have been with family. I mean, it's all about trust, love, communication. You know, Cameron and I have gone to blows a couple times, but the truth is, is in the end, we, we love each other. We trust each other. Um, and we're there for each other. Right. And so there, there's power in working with families. It's just a matter of how, how you do that. Most people can't, but, but, um, again, it's all about communication, but in going back to hold oh, on go ahead, go real ahead. quick, why have you been successful with that? When so many people fail with business, with family, what has allowed you to be so successful? Do you, you just said some of your most successful, if not the most successful things you've done have involved family. How have you been able to do that? Trust. I, th- I think our family dynamic plays a role in it too. I think we were all so close as kids. Every Sunday we were together, sleeping over each other's houses. And so I think we learned to communicate and trust early. And so, right. you know, I remember the first couple of years at Pinnacle, I, fir- I quit my first year. I was like, this sucks. And I quit. Scott got me back the next year. We did like almost go to blows a, co- a couple times twice. And it was funny. Like I remember one fight, not super specifically, but I just remember us both like looking at each other and just going, this sucks. We've got to figure it out. And I remember having a big, long conversation like, look, man, instead of getting mad, we got to talk it out. And it's funny. Ever since then, we've never had an issue like that. And so I think communication probably is a big part of it. And the way we were just brought up, you know, close to each other. And, and so we have a very outgoing family, too. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're not shy. We're that not, can be really bad, though, because you get a lot of type be. A personality usually it, in those it, types of families. Absolutely can be, but um, but yeah, it's just kind of always worked. You know, I, I don't know if you guys have gotten massive fights with your wife, like massive. Anybody? <laughs> I had to live at grandma's for six months. So yeah, you yeah. did. Cameron, we all I know have. Cameron did. I'm not a fighter. <laughs> so sure. Well, look, here's the deal. Like, there's power in losing it and getting furious with someone if you learn to communicate, admit to faults, and then come back and back to normal, but stronger. Right. And so I think that's one thing that Cameron and I have aced and will continue to ace and get better at, um, good partners will, will say it how it is and say it like it is. Great partners will take it in, listen and learn from it and, and grow and, and become stronger that, that unit, the bond. And this goes with any relationship in marriage, in partnership, friendship, like you know who your true friends are and your true family, the family that loves you most when you've hit rock bottom, but they're always still there and you find a way to fix it. Partnerships and business, same thing, you know? Can you keep going? Can you keep fighting when things just get nasty, nasty? Yeah. And so, um, you know, there's a lot of partners that I had early on with Gig that I, I don't even talk to anymore. Yeah. Right? Um, and uh, But it's not to say that they're, they're not good dudes, you know? Uh, it just may not have been the right fit for me or yeah. them at the time. And so you move on. But there's other partners that have been blood, sweat, and tears that still remain that are willing to fight till the very end to, to see it through to where we want to go with, with the company. But I think that, you know, going back to Cameron, like that's he and I's, I think that's one of our greatest strengths. And the trust there, you know, it was built. It takes time to build that kind of trust. And so, but anyway. I think uh, I just had an interesting thought when you were talking about it uh, as far as like, cause I'm sitting here thinking like, yeah, you know, it is kind of shocking cause family's hard, but maybe there's one advantage to being in business with family. And it's that I can't get rid of him. 
Like, no. he's my family. Yeah. I love him to pieces, right? Business or not. And so, you know, maybe there is an advantage because you have to figure it out. It's like, look, we may hate each other for the business or we may be arguing, but he's still my family. So I can't just ditch, you know, like the old partners and the... You know, I think there, it's very healthy to trim the fat sometimes and get rid of negative whatever. But with family, you have to work it out. And I think that that can be yeah, it's a, benefit. a serious benefit yeah. in, in business. And so it's so. So, yeah, I don't know. That might be. I think that there's so much negative. You know, there, there's kind of a negative feeling overall when it comes to working with family. And maybe that's a brighter side of the brighter side of looking at working with family is hey when it gets ugly at least you get it out because i have no fear in saying what i feel with you you know it's just like when you fight with your family it's the ugliest right yeah because you know they can't go anywhere and so at least you get out what you want to get out and you work through it so some families though don't oh no make an effort and then they suffer the rest of their life like how many any of you listeners that that have a family member that you don't see eye to eye with or you guys went to war and back and maybe the other person truly was at fault you know, the question is, are you strong enough to put it aside and go back to what matters most, most, which is family. And, and so I, I, I think the Cameron and I figured out how to do that, um, quickly, but going back to your original question or what we, what led to all this is Cameron wasn't all about it, but Cameron, I saw more and more confidence growing as he continued to perfect his meat. pit bossing and his meat <laughs> pit bossing, whatever I like that. It's a good verb. He was, I, I knew that Cameron magic, was ready and, and I pressed him. I, I was pressing him and uh, because I, I saw, I mean, if I see an opportunity, I jump on it and I get a lot of hell for being all over the place. You're all over the place, Scott. You don't focus. You know, there's incredible power in focusing, but I have wor- I have I have something to share with everyone. All the businesses I invest in, I apply the gig formula. I really do. So it really is just one focus. And so, and we can go into that further. But Cameron, I'm all about passion. You know, gig is passion and 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 I look for passion and Cameron is a pit boss warrior. And he has aced it. And he he has put in the time to perfecting his product. So as an entrepreneur, you should be looking for stuff like that. If you know a person is passionate about a product that is good, you latch on. And you latch on immediately. And forget what anyone else says. You know, Cam, I'm not going to lie. I had so many people that said, are you freaking serious, Cameron? You can't invest. (laughs) Cameron's great and we all love him. But... But is he is does is he gonna is he gonna go kill it with this? You think, Scott? And I said, yes. I know I know Cameron, and this guy is so passionate about his product, and he's so good with people. This is a win. And you know what? I've kind of rubbed it in a few people's face. Yeah, I really have. That's and I know right. Cameron has. You guys too. can suck it. Yeah, do that. <laughs> so, but 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 again, like it became easy for me. And Cam came to me and said, Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do this. And we found this little piece of shiz hole in the wall place, right? Off State Street. Right. And and I think the next chapter is coming. And I've 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 had to learn to give Cameron a space because I I'm stupid big thinking. Like it actually is a, a great a great balance. Um, yeah. Cameron helps balance that side, but but I think some fun things are in the works. But when you're reaching three hundred million people in a year through social media, it's crazy what now right yeah and so so a lot of the things that i've been doing behind the scenes cameron continued to align himself with great people um you know it's a win-win and so cam when are we gonna start talking about the next chapter dude <laughs> See, maybe we should do it right here on the podcast I'd love okay it. so 
so I'll, I'll ask this kind of from an outsider's perspective. So if I'm a, you know, let's say we don't know each other, bam, bams, and I come to, to gig, what, what, what am I buying? What am I, what am I getting from you? Like, what are you, what is the product? I mean, I know that you, I think what you, you kind of painted it with a broad stroke, mm-hmm. but get more specific right now. So tell me right now, how can we use build this podcast to build the podcast? Okay. Dead serious. Yes. So first of all, Get a little closer to your mic. First of mind. all, thank you. Yes. First of all, you got to know who you are. You got to know exactly who you are and what you're trying to message to the world or to your pueblo or your city. You got to know who you're going after, why you're going after them, and what you have to say. Um, once you've identified that, we've built software to help you see and understand what people are saying about you online. Okay. Do you help people figure that out? Because yes. I know that. A lot of people talk about find that true self, find your voice, find your tribe. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it is hard. Yep. It's really hard when you have to really, really kind of narrow it down as opposed to, oh, I want to talk about this or I want to do right. this. But when you get kind of get down yeah. into the nitty gritty, if yeah. you will, how do you help people do that? I won't even sell you my product unless I know you have that because we fail every time. If you're still trying to figure out who you are, the software is worthless. Yep. Okay. So yes, we, we do consulting. I would say that half of the businesses that we work with, we consulted in helping them with what message they want to drive to the yeah. masses. So unless you have that, you're going to fail. So whatever your podcast is, you got to know exactly who you're talking to and why are you talking to entrepreneurs that want to get into, you know, becoming a businessman and man or woman. I mean, are you, are you talking to a, a guy that wants to be a pit boss? Who are you talking to and what are you saying to them? Bam Bams, we know who we are. We're all about coming in for a great experience, a Texas style, very authentic. Cameron will not mess around with that authentic uh, experience, barbecue experience. If we mess with what Cameron's core is, this thing fails. And so if we were to ever reproduce Bam Bams in the future, Cameron you know, as the heart of this brand has to know it's going to stick to the authentic nature. If you saw that recent McDonald's movie, right. With Mm -hmm. what Ray Kroc, there were some of these different franchises where chicken or not chicken, but uh, burritos were showing up on the menu and all it fails. And he was furious. He turned tables over because someone messed with that brand. And so uh, going back to Bam Bam, it's about the experience, fun, you know, incredible food, not a huge menu, Right. Cheesecake Factory has 4 billion menu <laughs> items. Can, uh, Bam Bam's has Sport what? Cooks. 12, 11? Yeah. 11, yeah. That's the core of the brand. So, so Would have been 10 if it wasn't for you. Yep. Swatches, everyone. Come and have some. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we cannot start doing what we do until you know that. So consulting plays a big role in a lot of the customers that we work with. Once that's identified, then it's time to go to work and social media. We teach companies that they need to be in every social platform. If you're not in every social platform, you miss the boat. Are they all created equal? No, they're not. Um, they all have their different reasons, and they also have their different ways of being used. Are there some platforms that are better for certain Definitely. things than others? Definitely. Uh, Do you specialize in certain platforms? I know that some people, when you kind of start drilling down in the social side, mm-hmm. like they'll say, we're really good on Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. we're terrible on yep. YouTube and LinkedIn or, or whatever that is. Yep. No, we we specialize in all. Um, I have my personal favorites. Twitter is my favorite. Okay. Instagram is... Why? Why is Twitter your favorite? I can message faster to more people and I am focused on aligning with influencers and there is no better place to align with influencers than Twitter. Really? Yep. 
without question. If you want to grow your brand, you better be on Twitter. If you want to align with influencers, you better be on Twitter. How do you do? I'm just going to shoot it. How do you do that authentically though? That's always been my thing with social media is I feel like when people start becoming influential in that space, Mm -hmm. it becomes less authentic. You start losing followers the minute that you become not authentic. Okay. So again, I think the questions you're asking is that original initial consulting strategy. You won't ever feel, you know, like you're moving in a direction that you don't want to be moving. If you identify that core five, like if you, cause, cause if you watch Cameron, like I keep referencing Cameron, you know what Cameron's there to talk about and you get what Cameron is. Yeah. Right. I mean like, cause if you follow you, you know, we're talking about Dodgers. We're yeah. talking about cold cereal. Yes. Cereal, baby. <laughs> yes. The crap he gets sent to him because of cereal. Oh, I'm just like, I have to take be. a side note. Cam just showed me the picture of those custom. I don't Are we allowed to talk about this? The custom oh, yeah. Kyrie's the yeah. that you got from Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah, the Kyrie Irvings. General yes. Mills, not For, just Buddy Cinnamon Toast Nike. Crunch. Yeah, that's yes. amazing. I am like a shoe buff. I mean, that was like the coolest thing I'd ever seen. So, well, that's that's nothing, man. I should show you a bunch oh of gosh. stuff. But but anyway, I mean, let, but let me talk about this. Okay. If you'd gone back to when I was 11 years old, yeah. Guess what? We're talking about the same same thing. If you that's ever m- want to like go to an insane asylum. Warner household 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 30 years ago. Yeah. Dang. Anyway, you're right. (laughs) So sleeping over, you wake up in the morning. Okay. And you have five Warners eating cereal at the same time. I mean, they've been obsessed with cereal since they were little. It's a symphony. It's they hold it close to their mouths. The bowl is not on the table. Oh, geez. And it's a shovel hold on the spoon. And it's like this. (laughs) And I mean, it's. I but, share your but, love of cereal. I won but, a cereal competition once. <laughs> it's go. funny that he's. Ta- I, I'm learning a lot here because Scott is very true to his passions on social media. And look, I've never really thought about that. Like, look where it's gone for. I mean, you're getting stuff. You're not even asking for it, and the cereal people are sending him stuff, and the Dodgers have him out to games, like. All he's doing is talking about the things. It's his family. It's Dodgers. It's cereal, and just by talking about what he naturally music wants to talk and entrepreneurship. About, yeah. It, so you know, and so happens. really, guys, if you go back to when I was ten years old and you look at what my core five are now, and where where things were then, it hasn't even really changed. Yeah. And that's how you know if you're on the right track because really your nature is built. Who you are. This is why being a kid. And, and helping children right now matters so much because they're shaping who they are forever. And so that's why it's so critical that a parent stay on top of and watch their little ones because they're f- forming who they are. And so, but if you, you go back and look, Dodgers, cereal, family, entrepreneurship, yeah. and music, that was me. Yeah. And it still is. So those are my core five things. And so So core five basically means passions. Your your five passions. Who you are to the core. Right. And if you need help with that, go talk to your wife or your mother. Or your if you're not married yet, go talk to, you know, go talk to your best friend. They can help you identify that. But once you have identified that, now you're ready to make a move. Your so, your your business should be the same 
exact thing. And maybe your business is young, but there should be something that makes it your business. And that is what you need to deliver in your messaging. Through so social in media. essence, it's a business, it's a social media mission statement. Totally. That's a great way to say, put huh. it. I mean, yeah, that was so deep. Cal, but, thank but, you. I graduated really, high school. <laughs> me too. Barely. Same. <laughs> but, but going back to it, like your questions really stem from, you need to have that initial conversation with yourself or with, and we, that's what we help businesses do is identify that. So I would say that, I mean, sorry, I'm kind of hijacking this, you're not hijacking it. like if you were to ask, like I have my core five, what I don't have is the natural desire to share that via social media okay. or like how to do that. And I am, I'll be the first to admit like, there are a lot of things about it that I love and there's a lot of things about it that I don't like. Um, sure. and I always tend to focus on stuff that I don't like. I mean, you go to a sporting event. I'm a huge jazz guy. I mean, you talk, talk about sorry. four or five. No, what, what do you mean? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, next question. You're a Lakers fan. Let's talk about being sorry. Uh, don't yeah. Let's talk about being touché. sorry. Kind of true. T touche. So, but you go to a sporting event, people so. are living through their phones as opposed to watching the event because they have to make sure they get that clip so they can post it online. Mm -hmm. Nothing irritates me more. It's like, be where you are, be in the moment, like enjoy the moment. So how do you balance that out? Like, cause I, I guess for me, it like, it never ever is like, oh, I should get a picture of this. Like my wife's always like, hey, did you get a picture? Like I'll take the kids to their sporting event. Hey, did you get a picture? Did you get a video? No, like it's never, and is, does that just mean? Don't ever change. So like, should you not try to then do social media or do you have to be, in order to be successful on it, do you have to be someone who is on it multiple times a day, constantly posting yeah. videos? Like, is, is that There's what There's only one way to be successful on social media. Yeah. That's to be you. Yeah. That's it. And so whatever that is, be consistent. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I, as I've spent time with influencers and, you know, I've, I've worked with celebrities, I've worked with influencers that are trying to build their brand. I've worked with you know, entrepreneurs and, and, and business owners of billion dollar companies that are trying to message themselves better, mm -hmm. right? You have to stay true to you, but you also have to be consistent and you have to make an effort to be consistent daily if possible with who you are. Yeah. That's why it's great to have scheduling systems or calendars. You can't always be on it, right? You can't always be there. And you can't always be, in ta be taking clips of your kids' games. It drives me nuts how, how often people post their food, right? Why do you have to take how that out? Like, right? Like, no, but, but dare I, you? But I, but I, I do it ever. I do it ever so often. But some people do it religiously. I also, yeah. I can't stand selfies in front of mirrors, and shirtless shots. <laughs> like, let's be real. Like, this is this is me. Like, what yeah. I'm saying. Like, and I'm not saying that anyone that does that is bad. Yeah, I am. That's not my brand for You're sure. But idiot. it's Cameron's brand. Just yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I or, stopped doing the mirror selfies. People just. It's not but, appetizing. But you know what? That that makes people who they are. And and people evolve and change and stuff. But but as long as they're being them, they're gonna win. You know, I, I, I tell a lot of I just met with a bunch of young girls that are in high school, you know, and I talked about how hard it must be to to grow up as a young woman right now with social media. There's yeah. so much pressure and yeah. you know, they feel like they have to do things that may not necessarily be them. And I just read a stat that that women spend 17 minutes filtering their photos and adjusting it 17 minutes. What, you know, but, but there's so much pressure there. Um, 
and what I try to tell them is you don't always have to be perfect. In fact, the people that don't portray perfection are the ones that grow because people will trust you because you're not always perfect. And the same goes for entrepreneurs. The entrepreneurs that talk about how great everything is and all their ventures and everything they're doing, they're full of it, man. Right. I want to hear how badly you suck. Yeah. I want to hear how many mistakes you've made. Be open to sharing those moments because that's what makes you you. Yeah. That's what makes you authentic. And guess what happens? You start finding people following your pages. You yeah. find people start listening to your podcast because you're actually telling it like it is. And that is what a business or an individual must do to find or, or, or uh, you know, gain ground in the social media space. And that's what we teach them to do. I think that's, I think it's a refreshing thing. There's, there's somebody that I follow. I think we'll have her on the podcast. Do you follow Kim White? Kim can kick it. Incredible story of overcoming yeah, cancer you, yeah, and you told me some cool multiple times. And she posts a lot. And normally when people post a lot, it kind of drives me crazy, but it's funny with her. There's some days where she's all done up. Done up. There's some days where it looks like she just rolled out of bed. She doesn't give a crap. She if she's like in the out. hospital in a hospital gown, stuff looked up to her. She just like, she's having problems with her kid and she's like on the verge of tears and she'll talk. And it's just like, man, it's true. Like, I, I think if you are very real, even through social media, you can tell what's organic and For what sure. isn't. For sure. And I think that that is eye-opening. And then another thing about what you guys were talking about before, I just had a thought. Just as a business owner, because I struggle with the same things that you struggle with, Andrew, um, it is really hard for me to think, like, I'd never want to look like I'm bragging about things that I do um, or that I'm posting too much. And But it just got me thinking, because you were talking, Scott was talking about consistency, and I'm really bad at consistency which is sad because I can really quantify when I post, I see a quantifiable increase Engagement. in sales in the restaurant, Yeah, you know, but it's still, it's still difficult. But I also really suck at accounting. Yes, he does. Do I have, do I have a bookkeeper <laughs> and I, do I have an accountant? Yes. So I wonder as business owners, why don't we ever think about hiring? Is it bad to think about hiring out things that you're not super good at? Like I can take pictures and I can talk about the things that are my passions, right? But man, maybe it is time for me to look at social media the way that I look at accounting. Oh my gosh, this is the greatest podcast ever because Cameron <laughs> has finally realized something. Today. Are well, you hey, I'm a listener. You said it earlier. I mean, there's there's I think we're all the same way where sometimes you put it in a way that makes sense. And it, it finally dawned on me, like, I am I feel like I've always been good at hiring people to do things or hiring smarter people than me to do the things that I'm not passionate about so I can do what I'm passionate about in the business, which is the cooking, which is, you know, being out with customers and, and doing my classes. And um, this is so, so why not this treat so why great. not treat social media the same way? And so, yeah, <laughs> shut up, Scott. This is wonderful. Look, Andrew, this is... <laughs> Cameron, we'll give you a little discount on the consulting session. Hey, I'm using the gig board now. Anyways. Yeah, but that's I, good. I, I think that's a good point. Like you, like you, Andrew, you're saying that you struggle with social media because just and the way that you are built, you just, you, you want to be in the moment. So why can't Aventus Wealth hire a social media person to help you be consistent on social media? I know media? someone. 
You hire yeah. Brent to help you with the administrative well, side of the business, right? So it's funny because as we were talking about having Scott on, on my morning run, it was like, it's you, I, I believe in the power of social I media. I wasn't on the morning run. No, just, you weren't. Yeah, I just want everybody to know that. <laughs> I'm preparing for my half marathon camp. Stupid. Stop You're 13.1. No, no let's not get into this. Let's not. Nope. Um, Give me a break. Nope. Half but marathon. I was thinking about, you know, hiring someone out to do it because I do, I... I appreciate and recognize the value that is there. Um, and it's not that I don't enjoy it because I will go and talk about the jazz, yeah, yeah. about Nike. I mean, you get me business. going on something, business, entrepreneurship, family, a lot of those things similar to yeah, you. Yeah. I won't stop talking about yeah. it, but it's like how own it, you know, it's like I do own it, but how do you transition that to social media? You know what I mean? You I might need some. Cameron just may have summed it up for you. Like, if you're not going to do it, you better find someone to do it. You yeah. just mentioned you see the value in it. It's only going to become more valuable. And if you miss that's the why boat, I got back on a month ago. You, you have to. You have to. <laughs> I, anyone listening, if you're not on social media and you're trying to push something, a campaign, a philanthropic idea, everyone's trying to push something. You have to do it. But if you're going to do it effectively, you better make sure it's authentic. Yeah. And you better know what you're trying to say. Yeah. Talk to me about the most unexpected benefit of social media for you. When you get into it, people get in expecting sales to increase, product, whatever that is. Talk to me about an unexpected benefit. The friends I've made all over the world. Um, the the influencers or celebrities or or athletes that I've been able to meet. You know, just put myself out there. Um, I've had very spiritual experiences too with with some of my you know, friends, I call them, I don't, I hate saying followers. These are my friends. Um, man, they're, I don't even know where to start with that, but I, I think, I think that social media is the most powerful tool that mankind has ever been given to go and do good in the world. Um, there's a lot of bad too. There, there's some terrifying, horrendous, horrific, demonic garbage that lives inside of social media, which truly is the case with anything. Yep. But there's also some of the most beautiful, amazing, incredible opportunities, experiences that live inside of social media. And it's about seeing the good in it and, and using it for the good. And do you know what actually got me exactly what you just said? What got me back to social media was I read a book, The Third Door by Alex Benayan. Yeah, I heard that in your first podcast. Oh my gosh, it is unbelievable. Amazing. I reached out to him on Twitter. He responded to me. Oh, isn't that interesting? We went back and <laughs> like, here, no, you joke, but never in a million years would I have thought, oh yeah, I'm going to get in touch with Alex. You know, we went back and forth, got in touch with his mentor, Elliot. He lives up in Eden. We went back and forth a handful of times. My second favorite book is The Go-Giver. I was like, I'm going to reach out to Bob Berg, reach out to him. He responded. We went back and forth. Wow. It's just like, that, there you go. There that's you go, the coolest thing that yeah. you can, Yeah. you have this medium to which you can connect with people that... There is no way outside of that world that you're ever going to connect with them. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, man. <laughs> it, it, I could go on for days yeah. about this, but you know, I partnered with my childhood hero in one of the businesses that I'm doing, you know, that played for the Dodgers, Steve Sachs. You know, I, I'm connected with some of the biggest artists in the world and I've had a chance to work with them and it all stemmed from reaching out, just opening up, looking for an opportunity like you did. Yeah. And next thing I know I'm I'm working with them. I'm engaged with them, talking with I them. I went to a movie with Steve Sachs. Steve Sachs. Like one of my like 
we all grew up with Steve Sachs. Like, yeah. I, I had to pinch myself. I'm like, all because of Scott and his social media. We're sitting in it. We went to it, right? Yeah, I think it was it. Yes. And it's like. I, I'm sitting here with Steve Sachs. And right we're all now. scared right now because this freaking clown is. <laughs> <laughs> I just stared at Steve Sachs eating popcorn the whole, t- the whole time. It was creepy. <laughs> no, but anyway, it, it does create an accessibility that is it is really kind of crazy. That's how I met Street Bike Tommy. Yeah. I, I, there you I, go. I noticed that he followed me. I screenshotted it. I posted it. I'm like, I just had one of the coolest moments of my life. And we, I've slept in his house twice now. Like, we're, we're homies. And yeah. All because of social media and smart influencers will understand the power of aligning with their big fans i mean that's that's the power of social media so anyway it's great but but andrew like in talking to you i mean it's kind of like we're having our consulting meeting now like you just but i find it fascinating like i I think this is really cool and we haven't i I think a lot of people feel like you and i do or or struggle with that balance and so to hear this side of it i've never really heard the gig pitch before and i know i'm not getting the full gig pitch right now but I mean, it really has even opened my eyes as close as you and I are yeah. to some things that I haven't thought about before. You, you, you don't listen to the people you love most, right? I listen to you. Sometimes. As long as it's fun. But, but you know, you say, you say there are people that feel like this. I've walked into to world-class businesses that right. still have absolutely no clue oh, yeah. on how to leverage the social media landscape. I mean, we're working with a couple right now that are going to be incredible for us that are finally opening up to ideas around social media because they know they have to. They know they're missing the boat and falling short. Much of the music industry fell short because the the, the high, big-time executives were not willing so to pay attention. Pay attention to what Steve Jobs was working on, to what all those guys at Napster was working on, and it crushed the music industry. Same rules apply with any of these businesses that are not staying on top of the social media landscape. And so... I mean, that's that's what we do. What's funny is we haven't even talked about my software because we're still addressing what has to happen before the software is introduced. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Who are some of the customers you're? Are you allowed to talk about? Like a couple of customers that you're excited about working with right now. That. Uh, yeah, we we're, we're working with a, a local company called Vivint. Um, we we're doing some stuff with Nissan. We're doing some stuff with. Uh, just some, some local businesses right now. Teppanyaki just got signed up, which is my favorite restaurant outside of Bam Bam's, of course. We work with this company called Bam Bam's Barbecue Incorporated of Orm, Utah. Um, we, uh, quick, quick quack car wash. Right. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Um, uh, man, I, it's funny. I, bunch of universities, a bunch of universities. We've really focused on higher ed. Um, my really good friend, Ryan Smith. Uh, Hold on. Higher ed. Why? Like, what, like, what are the universities using it for? Universities are absolutely struggling with how to message themselves in social media. And they're not capitalizing on what students, People alumni, are, teachers, faculty, right. they're clueless. And so I'm actually presenting in Nashville to 1,500 universities uh, the gig software yeah, platform. Yeah, I've never... Th- I mean, you say social media and university. I would never put those two oh. together. Hey, it's a big business, man. So I'll, t- I'll tell you. Media. I'll tell I'm you. I going to sell those kids and all that debt, you know? <laughs> we uh, Sorry, don't get me started. Gig is identified, <laughs> identified outside of influencers, right? Um, five spaces. And those five spaces that we're attacking and going after are higher ed universities. Okay. Ryan Smith, that's where he started with Qualtrics, right? He yep. really, really dove into And Ryan's been great for me. It's funny. We have our... We have our 
meeting here at Bam Bam's and eat. And he tells me about everything. It's crazy to see what that, that guy's done with the company and, and his team, his brother, his dad. So inspiring for me. But higher ed. Uh, secondly, uh, car dealerships, restaurants. We just we just signed a company called Poke Bowl uh, that's implementing into all of their hundreds of locations nationwide, uh, the, the gig monitor. Um, let's see. Uh, did I say retail? Mm-mm. No. Okay, retail. And then uh, finally, car de- did I say car dealerships? Yeah. yeah. I need to start all over again. Car dealerships, <laughs> higher ed, restaurants, retail. And the final one is... Jeez, I'm struggling remembering that final one. Um, did I say restaurants? We'll just stick with the four right now. Um, <laughs> we have a four-prong attack. Yeah, really higher ed right now is our big one, and uh, retail, restaurants. So, Scott, as a business owner, so if I look dental. at you. Dental. Good gracious. Dental Intel is a customer. Okay. Um, they're, they're awesome. They, they have a great product. So. Yeah. Yeah. It is on the social media space, is there a difference between the owner branding himself as opposed to the business? Definitely. In fact, Cameron and I need to have that conversation. There is a very, very important, this day and age, executives inside of a business must build a brand, especially the CEO or the leader. You gotta let your hair down, you gotta let people see who you are, and and people are looking for an opportunity to align with, with that leader and understand that leader. So is your strategy more around building the personal brand of the individual or the brand of the business? Both simultaneously. Cause okay. they both play a role together. Okay. Yep. They're kind of one and the same. If they you really think are. About it. Like it's, they I mean, are, for but me, you very I, rarely see an owner and a business who both have successful social media following. Typically right. it's one or the other. Right. Yeah. You're, you're right. You, there's some truth to that, but, but, they should be working together to build more awareness. Okay. Right. And so if it, yeah, that's definitely the case for gig, right. Um, with me and even bam, bam, bam's barbecue is cam. Um, but as it's grown, like there, there might be some opportunities to, to maybe there's the bam, bam's barbecue corp Inc or whatever. Um, and then bam, bam's barbecue, which is Cameron, but there, there definitely should be because one, one should be making announcements, talking about what's happening with the business employees internally offerings opportunities the other is the life of the the brains behind it or who that person is and they really do have separate um goals i guess you could say so should like the personal one be posting stuff about the business or should it mainly just be like family life it it depends on what they're they're trying to message right um there's there's really really there's a lot of good when someone puts themselves out there a little vulnerable. Um, the struggles, the strengths, the successes, the failures. And I think that the, the individual can tell that story okay. better than you don't want the brand talking about it unless it's an apology for crap brisket <laughs> that was burnt by Cameron. It wasn't me. It, you know what My I'm saying? So, yeah. Beautiful. So, but no, it, it is very true. One thing that I, the, the thing that I probably struggle with the most is like Insta stories of myself or like even picture like I don't want to look like I just want to be like me 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 me, me. Uh, right. right but I will say that when I'm in it I have a much higher response rate than I do if it's just like a picture yeah. of the food yeah and and that's something that I kind of look at and go well I need to be able to cuz it is scary I mean I'm a pretty outgoing extroverted person but I you know 
I'm like you. Like when I watch, like you, Andrew. Like when I watch somebody film themselves, I'm like, how many times did they have to do that to get that? Like, what a tool. But you know, I I think people know that when I do something, it is authentic and it is natural, and I'm not just hamming it up for Instagram, but. I still that's I think that's what you were referencing, Scott, when you're like me and Cameron have to have a talk about that. Scott, what's your favorite failure? You've My ta- favorite failure? You've talked about the journey of an entrepreneur and there's good and there's bad and being authentic with social media. If you were to look back over your journey, what would you say is your favorite failure? That's a good question. I would say thinking I knew it all. After raising millions of dollars, I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. And I was arrogant i thought i knew everything um i didn't listen to anyone but myself for the most part um and uh, i got my butt kicked i made some massive mistakes how has that helped form you today and how you go about things today i value i call them sacred funds a lot more than i did you know i was blessed with a lot of success at pinnacle i made a lot of money i think a lot of these these younger guys and gals are making money that only people can only dream of for sure. And they have no clue what they're doing with it. Um, I worked hard for my money, but I think it got to a point where it was growing on trees for me in a sense. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I blew through millions of dollars, uh, without really, um, focusing on where that money was going and why it was going there. It forced me to learn how to be smarter with money. And then I also made a lot of mistakes with partners early on. Um, all great people, but not a lot of them were the right fit for what I needed at the time. And so I surrounded myself with a lot of the wrong people and I, I paid for it. And so I don't mess with that anymore. I really, really partners are everything, right? Yeah. I would say it's actually really common. Um, when you raise money as kind of as an investment, you know, you kind of treat it as an investment and I've heard multiple people say, oh, they knew the risk going into it. Right. But it's, it's learning to kind of protect that and, you know, treat it as if it was your own, you know, and move forward with it. I have one more question then you can finish up. Oh no, go for it. You have one social media post left, whether you're going to die, you're going to be gone. And that one post is going to be what you're remembered for. What is that post? Holy deep. That is deep. That I, that might, that might take some time to think about, but I think I would, you know, I'd scream loud and clear to the world. To f- and I always think about my children, right? And what I'm saying Because one day they'll maybe read stuff, some of the stuff, but I would say something, focus on what you truly love, uh, and your prior focus on your priorities and do good in the world, like lift others, help others and, and focus on the good things in life. Don't, don't waste any time on the bad. There's not enough time focus on what you can control i like that so hey dude this has been awesome yeah, it's been fun you guys so are awesome. i really appreciate you coming so hopefully everybody enjoyed it i'm sure they did and we'll have to do it again definitely much love over now bye